Get ready for a one-of-a-kind experience. Welcome, welcome to the Starter Zone, your home for the weekly news from around the world. Your host for this journey, Amanda. It's literally rule number one. She's going to bring you everything you need to hear about entertainment, gaming, and maybe just a little bit bizarre. Hold tight, because here she comes. Thank you so much, Raven, for that warm, warm welcome. Hello there, my friends, and good day to you all. Welcome back to the Starter Zone. I am your guide, Amanda, and it is time to bring you the headlines from all of the entertainment news sources. Today is September the 4th, which for my Northern Hemisphere fans means we are one step closer to being out of this thing called summer. I don't know about you. I'm really over it at this point. Also, happy Labor Day to all of my United States friends. So, Starfield kind of got stolen. Pokemon's going live. We've got some cheating allegations in Overwatch 2. And the success of Barbie is starting to spur some new projects. Time to get comfy, everyone, and let's get started. bit about Starfield. Starfield is a very, very highly anticipated action role-playing game that's developed by Bethesda Game Studios. We've been waiting for this game since they announced it at E3 back in 2018. It's the first new intellectual property developed by Bethesda in 29 years. Officially, it's releasing for the general public on September the 6th, but if you shelled out the cash and you purchased that premium edition, it's already out, it's available. But the release, it kind of got overshadowed this last week when August 20th, 45 minutes of gameplay was leaked online. Now, the video has since been taken down because of copyright infringement, but I know y'all, plenty of opportunities, pro opportunists probably downloaded this video and or took a lot of screenshots. I mean, there's a lot of stuff floating around. Anyone who doesn't want their gameplay spoiled by leaks, just be extra cautious while perusing social media until the official launch. Or if you're watching ahead on some streamers, that's cool. But if you don't want to see anything, stay off of social media. Gentleman by the name of Darren Harris posted a review of Starfield via a video that was shared on X Twitter. And here's just a little bit of that video. Todd, no offense, man. <laughs> That's a good game. Okay, not cool that that got leaked, but where did he get this gameplay footage? And why has this man now been arrested? Let's find out. Darren Harris, 29 years old, was arrested just days after uploading this footage and he's now been charged with felony theft. For theft, not leaking. Harris was processed by the Shelby County, Tennessee Sheriff's Office on August the 24th, which was 
roughly four days after he originally posted that first 45 minutes of Starfield. The information on the sheriff office's website is listing a felony charge for $2,500 to $10,000 worth of stolen property, misdemeanor charge for $1,000 or less of stolen property, and misdemeanor charge for possession of marijuana. Allegedly, dozens of Starfield copies were stolen from a warehouse in Memphis, Tennessee, which is owned by Vantiva, a logistics company that handles uh, supply chain management, fulfillment, that sort of thing. The 67 copies of the game are valued at about $2,500, which is according to the incident report from Memphis police. The actual value is probably higher. This is assuming all copies were standard edition. Then if doing the math, the retail value of 67 copies is about $4,600. If they're collector's editions, those, I mean, those sell for $2,299.99. So do some math. So after he obtained the game, he did the 45-minute upload and then proceeded to allegedly sell several copies of Starfield on the e-commerce platform Macari. Later, posted videos of himself shipping out copies of the game. Mr. Harris, honey, we don't talk about what we sell, nor should we videotape it and post it online. The first rule of Fight Club is... You do not talk about Fight Club. Apparently, someone didn't get that memo. Harris was released on August the 25th on a $10,000 bond, and he's currently not responding to any requests for comment. Boy went quiet. I really am in awe of the audacity and the silliness of this, but, and you know, he might have actually gotten away with it. If it hadn't been for those meddling kids. Well, I mean, I was actually going to say if he hadn't posted it online, but, you know, that one works too. He was the man who helped nurse us through the common cold and the flu and also kind of helped us learn what spay and neuter was, at least for most of us kids. Our favorite host of The Price is Right, Bob Barker, has passed away at the age of 99, closest to 100 without going over. Bob actually started hosting back in 1956 with the show of Truth or Consequences, but he really scored big in 1972 when he was hired as the host of Price is Right. All right. For those of you who've never seen it, it centered around contestants being able to accurately guess the cost of various items, ranging from like a toaster to a brand new car. And whoever got the closest guess without going over would able to go to the next round. But by 1990, the series had just become the longest running daytime game show ever. And he kind of became affectionately known as the Patriot Saint of Sick Days, as thousands of us kids would stay home from school and we would tune, we would just tune in as we were laid up on the couch because we really couldn't do much else. Okay, well, in my household, it was Price is Right and the Maury Povich show. Those were the staples in my household. The veteran TV personality reportedly appeared in about 6,500 episodes before he stepped down in June of 2007 handing over that iconic thin microphone to comedian Drew Carey. But his first and only feature film role was back in 1996 when he joined Adam Sandler in the movie Happy Gilmore, where he gets the grand opportunity to throw punches at Adam Sandler. All right, let's go. You like that, old man? You want a piece of me? I don't want a piece of you. 
I want the whole thing. Scene is still funny to this day. Drew Carey actually hosted the Price is Right, a tribute to Bob Barker on CBS back on August the 31st. It was an hour-long special which featured an array of priceless on-camera moments from throughout Barker's 50-plus year career. And it really showcased his talent as this charming and charismatic, razor-sharp master of ceremonies who created these special connections with just thousands of contestants. Rest in peace, Bob. You were one of a kind. Bob Barker reminding you, helps control the pet population. Have your pets pay their neuters. Good night, everybody. Well, you heard the man. So, Pokemon is coming back to the small screen? Do tell more. The Pokemon company just recently announced that they're now partnering with TV Tokyo to create a live-action drama based on its long-running franchise. There was a post on ex-Twitter from TV Tokyo, and it announced a show called Pocket Filled with Adventure, a TV series premiering October 19th, I believe it said, only in Japan. And it's really currently unclear if the show is going to make its way to the West or even receive an official English subtitle. However, unlike the Pokemon previous live-action adventure, the Detective Pikachu film starring Ryan Reynolds. Did you just talk? Whoa. Did you just understand me? Wait, 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 wait. That is heavy eye contact right there. You heard me. No, no, yes, no. you did. Oh, stop, my stop, God, this stop. is amazing. Stop, you stop, can stop, understand stop, me. Stop. I've been so lonely. They really did a good job with that movie. Anyway, Pocket Filled with Adventure seemingly won't feature real, quote-unquote, versions of the beloved Pocket Monsters, but it's instead going to tell the story of a young lady as she reconnects with the video game franchise. A character by the name of Madoka Akagi is going to receive her old copy of Pokemon Red from her mother after moving to Tokyo to work at like an advertising company following her college graduation. And the series is going to follow her story as she dives back into the world of Pokemon. All right, side note, uh, Pokemon Red was actually my first Pokemon game too. I do tend to start with the fire types. I mean, you know, choose fire Pokemon as starters. I, I swear, I'm not a pyro. Okay, I swear. This is not the first time that the Pokemon company is telling stories about the franchise instead of from within its fictional worlds. They did Pokemon Path to the Peak. This was announced back in August, and it's going to tell the story of a young girl who's joining the Pokemon Card Club at school before taking her talents all the way to the top. So this could be good, and reminder, there's no guarantee or currently no indication that it is coming west. So we have some time to watch and some time to wait. How much longer... Hmm, maybe this really will be a long wait. Blizzard is known for controversies. I mean, honestly, what company these days doesn't have some skeleton in the closet or, you know, some tragic backstory? But for Blizzard, Overwatch 2 has been one of their most controversial games since its release with the community just baffled by the matchmaking, the removal of promised PvE elements, and 
more, really, resulting in becoming, <laughs> really, the worst-reviewed Steam game of all time. That takes some doing. Well, now, one of the game's developers is under fire for their actions in-game while streaming on Twitch, and it's caused a big storm on social media. The Junk Rat Main uh, COD Code 904 revealed a pipe bomb of a video that was taken on August the 29th, and it was taken from Overwatch 2 developer's Twitch streamer that appeared to show them intentionally throwing games by going AFK. Uh-oh, think you might have gotten caught, tiny toilet. Uh-oh. All right, so the video in question is taken from the Twitch streamer channel called Katie Games on X, formerly known as Twitter, they claim to be a community specialist for Overwatch under the name of Blizz underscore Craig. In the clip, streamer Katie can be seen writing in chat, quote, my team doesn't deserve to win. I made sure of that, unquote, before flashing back to the match where they then complain about not being nano boosted by an Anna despite actually receiving the nano boost. Following this, the Overwatch 2 specialists proceeded to stand in spawn and emote, leaving their team to defend point A in extra rounds in a 4 versus 5. This is not the first time that COD Code 904 and Blizzcraig have had a run-in. Previously, 904 posted footage of the same developer clipping gameplay of his stream and titling it as, quote, deliberate idling and allowing themselves to be killed, unquote. That's is not a good look, guys. In the comments, other streamers such as Kefri called out the developer and demanded action, but so far it doesn't seem like anything has been done. The developer's Threads account still says they're a video game community manager, and they have yet to address the on-stream incident so far, and it seems that Craig has even gone so far as to, to delete the VOD of that stream in question, and his ex-Twitter is now set to private. Look, almost nothing screams I'm guilty more than going private like that. I mean, at least on social media. Order in the court. Of public opinion. All right, like I said before, this is hardly the first time that Blizzard developers have been under fire. Most infamously, though, female employees complained that their breast milk kept getting stolen when they left it in the break room fridge. Come on, is nothing sacred? This is completely worse than getting your own lunch stolen. Now you're stealing lunch from a baby? Come on, Blizzard, do better. Well, well, look at this. Barbie may actually be returning to the small screen. And no, I'm not talking about the Barbie movie coming to streaming, although that's happening um, tomorrow, September 5th, by the way. But that's not the story we're talking about for the moment. An upcoming CBS Studio TV series is going to explore the lives of Barbie inventor Ruth Handler and Bratz creator Carter Bryant and how their beloved dolls would go on to spark this bitter rivalry, really. The series is going to be based on the book called You Don't Own Me, How Mattel versus MGA Entertainment Exposed Barbie's Dark Side. The TV show is going to come in the wake of this renewed interest in the dolls following the Barbie movie, which really kind of features some insight into Handler's real life. 
In the movie, the late Barbie founder, played by Rhea Perlman, tells Barbie, played by Margot Robbie, about her daughter, Barbara Handler, now 82, as well as kind of jokingly touches on her troubles with the IRS. These topics and more are going to be explored in this adaptation of You Don't Own Me and is going to shed a little bit more light on Bryant's invention of Bratz. Bratz were released back in 2001, and it kind of spurred this whole year-long court battle between Mattel, which is the company behind Barbie, and the Bratz manufacturer, MGA Entertainment. And the tension really kind of centered around who owned the copyright to Bratz. All right, to be fair, their TV show had a pretty banging theme song. Now, Mattel claimed that Bryant, who was a former Mattel designer, drew sketches of the Bratz dolls while he still worked for the company. However, MGA said that Bryant drew up the Bratz designs back in 1998 when he had been on a hiatus from Mattel. In 2008, a jury sided with Mattel. However, that decision was overturned and... 2011, with a new set of jurors, they sided with MGA. And so the retail battle continues. And I'm going to be curious to see how is this going to translate into television and how much of that legal battle is going to be shown on the show. Be pretty cool to find out. I'd love to learn more. The character of Stanley from the hit show The Office was portrayed by Leslie David Baker and was unusually portrayed as a defiant, grouchy curmudgeon. And it was said that his performance was a an absolute standout on the show. With the monotone voice and his calm demeanor, he played pretty well against the off-the-wall nature of pretty much all the other characters, which made him absolutely beloved to the fans. Well, The Office, the series, it ended back in 2013. Well, back in 2020... Baker launched a Kickstarter to help fund a spinoff themed around the character of Stanley, asking for a goal of $300,000. After several fans posted on social media wondering what exactly happened to the project, Baker had to announce that he's refunding the backers in part due to the ongoing Workers Guild of America strike as well as the Screen Actors Guild. The proposed spinoff was titled Uncle Stan, and it would have followed Stanley as he came out of his retirement in order to help a nephew's motorcycle flower shop business in Los Angeles. The Kickstarter ended up raising $336,000, according to the page, although Baker claims that the creators only received $110,629 from the platform. And he further said that the funds were never used for any purposes other than reward fulfillment and backer refunds. I wake up every morning in a bed that's too small, drive my daughter to a school that's too expensive, and then I go to work to a job for which I get paid too little. But on pretzel day, well, I like pretzel day. You know, I totally could go for a pretzel right now. In a statement that was obtained by Variety, Baker went on to say that the project initially stalled due to the COVID lockdowns, like so many other projects, honestly, but that pre-production had now been sidelined because of the dual strikes in Hollywood at the moment. And he further stated that he intends to make the show once all of these situations have been resolved 
and that the Kickstarter fan rewards and perks will still be fulfilled at some point. The statement reads in part, we apologize about the delay in updates. We have been working behind the scenes to get everything on track and rewards fulfilled. We are just as excited as all of you to get this project out and tr truly appreciate all of your patience and support. The project just took longer than anticipated due to circumstances beyond our control, unquote. In other office news, an Australian version of the show has already been announced starring comedian Felicity Ward. I mean, I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, honestly. But I really think the fan base would love to see a little bit more of Uncle Stan. I think sometimes when you work on a game that features ghosts, weird things just might happen. The paranormal investigation game Phasmophobia first made waves when it launched into early access on PC back in September of 2020. And it really quickly amassed a really enthusiastic following after streamers helped propel this spooky investigative ghost hunting action game, which sees players attempting to gather evidence and then complete objectives across a variety of haunted locales. And it really just pushed it up the charts as Halloween struck. I watched this game so much. It was my, my guilty pleasure go-to at night after everybody had gone to bed so I could watch them and even get myself scared silly. I love to watch horror games, but I may not be a big fan of playing them because I scream easily. That's just me. All right, well, fast forward just a little bit from October of 2020. And since then, Kinetic Games has continued to expand and evolve this core cooperative ghost hunting experience with some new maps, new equipment. They had some new ghost types come out. The, their, the AI got better with the hauntings. And more recently, they have introduced custom difficulty settings. So with the PC version developing pretty nicely, a console release was just confirmed earlier this year with the studio announcing that Phasmophobia would hit PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S this August. So PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series XS owners had just been eagerly awaiting this release, but... They're now going to have to wait just a little bit longer. Developer Kinetic Games has opted to push the launch back to October after a, quote, recent fire incident, unquote. Okay, realistically, let's look back three years ago. October is an amazing time for release for games like this. Spooktober is a go, everybody. It's all going to be safe, and we're all going to have a great time. What in the Jesus Christ was that? I don't even know if I want to know. Kinetic went on to explain that, quote, due to a recent fire incident in our office building and unpredicted development issues, our ability to test and develop has been significantly impacted. And, and quote that. Um, so in other words, what I'm hearing but not hearing is that somebody may have been hunting in the office with candles to, you know, test a theory and the Onryo ghost type took offense, blew out the candles, and something caught on fire, right? Okay, I understand now. Kinetic went on to say that Thesmophobia is now going to launch on consoles, quote, during the week leading up to Halloween this October, which will give it the needed time 
to perfect and fine-tune everything, unquote. I called it Halloween, baby. But just just a word to the wise, um, y'all might want to make sure the staff puts the Ouija boards away when you're done. No more ghost attacks would be really great. Well, the drama with the SAG-AFTRA continues, and there's been very little noticeable progress in the talks, and things are starting to get just a little bit messy. So, Selena Gomez is one of the stars for the Hulu series called Only Murders in the Building. And the season three is currently running on Hulu. Gomez is starring opposite Steve Martin and Martin Short in this series. And she plays a character by the name of Mabel Mora, who's a young artist with a knack for investigating murders in New York City. Gomez has been a series regular since the pilot episode. But... Gomez is now in the spotlight for a recent Instagram post. Basically what happened is Selena posted a video that appears to be from the set of murders and she tagged the official Instagram account for murders and said in the caption, missing and wanting. The post generated about 1.1 million likes in the 15 hours it was up before it was pulled from Gomez's profile. That's right. She deleted it because she was being accused by many followers of breaking the SAG after strike rules. Now, the strike rules prohibit members from promoting their work via a press release or social media posts while the strike is going on. Well, Gomez didn't speak in the set video, nor did she encourage her followers to watch the show in the caption. All she did was she tagged the official account. That tag led followers to assume that the video was from the set of the series, but whether that constitutes a rule break is being pretty hotly debated. Many of Gomez's followers are accusing her of scabbing, with one follower calling the post tone-deaf among the strikes. Welcome aboard, scab. Great to be here. I'm sorry. Personal opinion here, but heaven forbid that she posts about how she's missing her work set and her co-star. Anyway, Gomez recently made headlines for returning back to her music career with the release of her new song, Single Soon, which dropped back on August 25th. And for your listening pleasure, here's a little bit of the song. Should I do it on the phone? Should I leave a little note in the pocket of his coat? The track is a standalone single and is not attached to any album at this point. Gomez is able to freely promote her music as that is currently not interfering with the SAG after strike rules. Well, okay, I I can't believe I'm doing a story like this again, but here we go. And watch your head. Cardi B may be done with the whole microphone throwing thing for a little while. Maybe, but she's not the only one with the temper. 50 Cent might actually be in some serious legal trouble after angrily striking a concert goer in the head with a microphone during his final lap tour stop at the Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles back on August the 30th. 
videos of the altercation started surfacing pretty soon after the concert wrapped, and it depicted a very frustrated 50 Cent hurling his microphone into the crowd not once but twice. The rapper was reportedly upset because the microphones were just not working, and he threw the first one with a little force, but once the second microphone failed, he launched that thing into the audience with some pretty amplified energy. Code red, duck is covered! The final lap tour that 50 Cent is doing is incorporating some special guests, including YG, who was performing on stage at the time that 50 Cent hit the audience member. Images of the alleged injured party have started circulating online and claim it's claiming the victim is host for Power 106, Brianna Mongain. The photos show a pretty bloody Brianna with an open wound on her forehead. The pictures are pretty widely available, but if you're even just a little bit squeamish, don't go looking for them. Both Brianna and a representative for 50 Cent did not immediately respond to Variety's request for comment. Los Angeles police wouldn't confirm a police report had been filed, but Brianna confirmed that she did and she talked when she talked to TMZ. A source connected to 50, meanwhile, told TMZ that Brianna wasn't even meant to be in the restricted section, although that's kind of unclear how that experience uses his decision to throw the microphone into the crowd. But what does that have to do with me? So 50 Cent is following in the footsteps of Cardi B, who also pelted a microphone into the crowd and started a really short-lived legal battle between her and the victim. In that instance, though, she was retaliating against a fan who threw a drink at her on stage. But the rapper ended up hitting another person, and they filed a police report the next day, but she was cleared of a possible battery charge in the days that followed. In this instance, it seemed that Cardi threw the microphone and ended up hitting like a pole or something and it bounced and hit the person. So there really wasn't much damage, which I think is how she was able to avoid any kind of assault and battery charges. But prior to the microphone thing, the roles have been reversed with concert goers purposely targeting artists on stage. Starting earlier this summer, B.B. Rexa was almost knocked out cold when a fan threw a cell phone at her head over in New York. Harry Styles was hit with an unidentified object in Vienna. And Pink had human cremains thrown towards her. The list goes on. But I'm not going to be bringing up the numerous pairs of underwear being thrown, but that one's kind of been a tradition that's been going on for decades. Beatlemania, anybody? But you might recall... From a previous episode, we did talk about the Cardi microphone going up for sale on eBay, and it ended up selling for $99,900. But fans are just going to have to wait to see if 50's microphone ends up on the auction block. Also, life pro tip, front section concert goers probably should now start wearing hard hats. Let's be honest, people get hurt at concerts and performances all the time, but how often truly is it the fault of the performer? I mean, I had to go look it up. Does anybody remember the comedian by the name of Gallagher? You know, the one of the watermelon smashing fame? Jewelman is not a slicer, is not a dicer, is not a chopper and a hopper. What in the hell could it possibly be? It is Flint, Those performances got seriously messy towards the end. Now, Gallagher had one incident back in 2010 
where a lady tried to rush the stage. She slipped in the watermelon pieces and broke her ankle. Not his fault per se, but I mean, she was even cheering as she was being taken away by the paramedics. Also, back in 1993, he was sued by an audience member who claimed she was struck on the head by a heavy plush penguin that had a fire extinguisher inside it. She later sued the comedian for 13,000 medical bills plus lost wages and punitive damages. But it turns out, yeah, he did drop it. It did actually accidentally hit her, but her injuries came from a car accident after the show. So he wasn't found liable. Again, it was an accident. He didn't chuck the penguin at her or his microphone. This one, though, this one with 50 Cent kind of has me wondering if the charges are going to stick. There's lots of videos. I mean, with Cardi, like I said, it flew it and ricocheted off the pole. But 50 Cent allegedly hit his victim right in the forehead. I mean, I saw the pictures. It's a good size cut. Head wounds, they do bleed a lot. But this one, I'm going to be watching for an update because I want to see if the charges that she's filed against him, that the victim, Brianna, has, has filed, are going to stick this time or if they're just going to disappear. And now... For something different. This particular story from Ontario is creating quite the buzz after a pickup truck carrying a trailer filled with beehives lost a big chunk of his load and spilled millions of bees out on the highway. You know, I guess that transporter didn't tug on that ratchet strap and say, that's not going anywhere before taking off down the road. I thought that was standard practice. The Halton Regional Police Service said officers were alerted at about 6.15 in the morning that several boxes of bees had fallen from the back of a truck on the Gelf Line in Burlington. And then the police spokesman, Ryan Anderson, told CBC News, Quote, we're not sure how or what exactly took place, but at some point, the boxes containing the bees or the beehives slid off a trailer and spilled on the road. Now, honeybees are not aggressive unless they're defending their hive. Okay, makes sense. But the problem here is that authorities said the bees were just really riled up and people really should be keeping their distance here. There can be up to about 80,000 bees in one hive or colony meaning that there were about 60 colonies that fell off of that truck. The bees were going to war. All right, launch position. Local authorities ended up calling out lots of local beekeepers in what probably has to be the most exciting day of their careers. Beekeeper Luke Peters said locals can expect that there will still be a large number of bees in the area for a few days. He said, we're going to have to leave some crates behind. Some of the bees have escaped. We're hoping that they'll naturally return to the crates. We'll come back at a later date to pick them up once the, the bees have returned. Now, police are saying that they're checking for the whereabouts of one particular bee by the name of Barry B. Benson. Fans may remember Barry as the honeybee who tried to sue the human race for bee exploitation. You know, yeah, the bee movie. Ladies and gentlemen, please, free these bees. And to add insult to injury, not only did the driver of the truck lose half of his load, 
but the uh, police ticketed him for driving with the load unsecured. Unbelievable. Unbelievable! Well, some might call this next story a bunch of bull, but I swear it happened. In Virginia, Norfolk Police Division responded to a call of a man driving eastbound on I-275 with a Watusi bull in his passenger seat around 10 o'clock in the morning on August the 30th. According to police captain Chad Ryman, he said the officers received a call referencing a car driving into town that had a cow in it. They thought that it was going to be, you know, a calf, something small or something that would actually fit inside the vehicle, unquote. Well, I mean, technically the vehicle was big enough. As a result, the officers performed a traffic stop and addressed some traffic violations that were occurring with this particular situation. The occupant of the vehicle was later identified as a man by the name of Lee Meyer. And the Watusi Bull, he's named Howdy Doody. Say, kids, what time is it? Okay, gang, let's go. apparently some citable issues with this particular situation but the officer in question just chose to write the the gentleman mr meyer a warning and asked him to take the animal back home and leave the city so meyer and howdy duty returned home and no one was hurt which is really good because you have got to see the size of the watusi horns they can honestly reach about the size of eight feet from tip to tip for reference that's longer than Shaq is tall. Meyer is known for entering Howdy Doody in various parades around the state. It's a pretty looking nice bull. Those are some wicked horns, though. Well, there was no BS in any of these stories, but I tell you, this trip kind of got a little wild. We had bees, we had more flying microphones, some live action Pokemon, ghosts, fires, and more. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I do want to remind you, I include the links to all of my sources in the comments so you can see what I see and more. Also, don't forget to drop a comment or send us an email if there is a story you want us to check out. Join us next time as we check out the latest in entertainment news. Remember, stay comfy in the starter zone, friends. This is Amanda. Good luck and have fun. Listening to The Starter Zone with Amanda. I am Raven. We thank you for your time and support. Without you, we simply would not be. Please hit that like and subscribe button and visit us on Facebook and Twitter at The Starter Zone. Have we missed something? Have something to say? Leave us a comment or send us audio clips for your chance to be on the show. We invite you to come back for more exciting news and commentary on the world around you. See you next time in the Starter Zone.